0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Christmas Eve service here at La Jolla Community Church slash Grace City. (laughs) Uh, Blessed to have you with us. Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. Let's worship our Lord and Savior.
1: An angel came to see Mary. She was doing. Appeared and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're gonna have what? I can't, I can't say good. Mary, you're gonna have a baby. I, you're gonna have a baby and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not gonna have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager. I'm not married. Then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. A camel. Oh, yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. They tried to go to a hotel. And they asked the keeper um, for a place to stay. The keeper said, we have no rooms. Literally no rooms. <laughs> so Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, The only place in here in Bethlehem that that you can stay stay is a staple and then he just pointed the way and they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, and then they saw angels. The angels said, a new baby is get, getting born. Who is king of the Jews? The angel were singing. us." And then the shepherd said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out a night. And then the wise men heard about it, and then a star appeared. We should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one. They have at home. Some diapers, and <laughs> some wipes, and some milk, some <laughs> shoes, some Jordans. Gold, Frank, and Vladimir. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's gonna be our best friend. I love you, and you're the best baby i ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is gonna change the world.
0: Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those to whom his favor rest? When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the news, the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it king herod magi from the east came to jerusalem and asked where is the one who has been born king of the jews we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him when king herod heard this he was disturbed and all jerusalem with him when he had called together all the people's chiefs priests and teachers of the law he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will
2: shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, myrrh, and frankincense. And having warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. No!
3: See?
4: Awesome, thank you so much for mm-hmm. that band, oh my, wow. Well, I've been a pastor for 42 years, mm-hmm. and I'm just starting to figure out how to do it. And uh, uh, wow! I've heard a lot of people's stories. That's what pastors do, they hear stories. They tell a lot of stories, some of them are true. And uh, they hear a lot of people's stories. Everyone's story is a dramatic mix of highs and lows, and laughter and tears. You can't tell your story that you sometimes getting teary-eyed or the people hearing it getting teary-eyed. You can't tell your story and not laugh at times, at laughing at yourself or letting other people laugh with you and, yes, at you. All of it, precious to God. I'll remind you what the word precious means. It means of great value. Not to be wasted or to be treated carelessly. Your life is precious. I hope you believe that. if you're not believing it right now, I hope you believe it by the time you leave here tonight. The details of our stories are different, and every story matters. Where are you in the story of your life right now? I know a little bit about your story just because I see how you're dressed. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, Your story reveals that some of you were born in other places. I was. I wasn't born in this country. I'm just glad to live here. Some of you still have an accent from the country of your birth, but you're you're Americans. Some of you can look back proudly at 300 years ago. Your forebears came to this country. You gather with other people from around the the country celebrating those Daughters of the American Revolution. You still keep customs from the family of your origin. Your table is interesting because it's a mix. It's a melange of delicious foods from all over the place. And some of the things that you do on Christmas Eve, you can't imagine why everybody doesn't do them. And some of the things you eat and do on Christmas Day, you can't imagine why the world isn't beating a path to your door To get all those recipes then again some of you just order pizza you make it simple enjoy being together as a family and in my conversations with people i've noticed a common thread we all want a better story for ourselves don't we for our families for our friends for the world God himself came to write a better story in the world. So that's why we're celebrating his birth tonight. We didn't even know what he was doing. And yet he came to do it because he loves us. Because we are all precious to God. So, so far we've heard the Christmas story sung and read. And yet it's familiar, but it's still a mystery, isn't it? It's a mystery. That's why it's fun to see that video up front. The little children reading the story and people acting it out. And, and the silliness uh, is, is still capturing the mystery, isn't it? You're laughing at the silliness, but you think, no, the preciousness of that draws us in. And it's not just a feel good moment, though, it's certainly that. It's something about goodness itself. It attracts us and wants us to lean in close to the fire of that mystery. The mystery of God declaring his love for his creation and his commitment to redeem it from sin. I love that song. We're going to hear it tonight. Oh, holy night. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. We don't use that word pining much anymore. It's a great word. Pining describes mental and physical suffering and deep longing for restoration. You could be pining for a loved one, perhaps fighting a war far, far away. Pining for a loved one who is studying somewhere and you just can't be with them. Pining for a loved one who's made some decisions that put them out of reach to you and you so want them to be able to come home again. You wanna send the message out, come home, all is forgiven. And you want them to hear that message. Restoration is the heart of the Christmas story. The preciousness of a baby draws us in to the mystery. But ultimately, it's a story of restoration. The gifts that the Magi brought, gold for a king, frankincense for a priest, myrrh for a savior. And it's the truest story ever told because grace and truth came into the world in Jesus Christ. Philosophers, scholars, theologians, everyday people try to get our heads and our hearts wrapped around that great truth. And you can spend years defending against that truth, right? Some of you have. Like Augustine, you say at this point in your life, Too late have I loved thee, O one who has loved me all along. Others of you have grown up hearing it from being a baby at your mother's knee, your dad's knee. And you've heard this story, and over time, it became not just a family story, it became your story. You feel restored, you feel connected, you're home. It's a plot line unifying human history, revealing God's presence working to save it. It's so audacious, it's easy to dismiss. It's so unlikely, it's easy just to plain old miss. John, the youngest of Jesus' disciples, said it this way. He, Jesus, was in the world. And though the world was made through him, imagine John writing this, Having spent three years with Jesus, having seen him on the cross, having seen him risen from the grave, having having seen him ascending into heaven, having heard him promise, I will return again in glory to make a new heaven and a new earth. Still, John is saying, I can hardly get my head around this. All things were made through him. All things hold together in him. And he came into the world. How does an artist enter into their painting? And yet the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own. He owns the world. He's never yielded his ownership of this world. He's not trespassing when he comes into the world. It's his world he's coming into. If anything, we're the squatters. <sighs> and we are resentful when he shows up and says, I'm home, I'm back. And they go, ooh, Who? Go back to where you came from. But his own did not receive him. Yet, and here's the hinge of history, (laughs) yet. To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And here's where John gets really personal and scary close, we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So grace is God's power and will to save us when we were powerless to save ourselves. And we were powerless to save ourselves. Every year, some well-intended person, a little kid, a full-grown adult, ventures out off of La Jolla Shores. T- tonight was a really low tide. It was a beautiful t- day to walk on the beach. It looked so peaceful, so welcoming, so inviting. And And... People would go out and they start to swim out there and all of a sudden they realize, I don't think I can get back. I, I don't think I can make it. And of course, the older you are, the more cool you want to look about drowning. <laughs> hey, whoa, anybody, help! <laughs> pretty soon it's, help! And pretty soon you're done. It's over. You've consigned yourself to the fact that I hope they find me. I, don't, I hope they don't think I'm a full-on idiot for doing this. I hope they know that I really tried hard to get home, to get back. In fact, if I could, I'd apologize to them. If I could write a note and say, I'm sorry, I, I just was going for a swim. I didn't expect this. When we were powerless to save ourselves, he came to save us. And didn't make us feel bad about it. Okay, fine. Not again. How many times have I told you? He just took us in his arms and brought us back to shore. So at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Paul, writing this, Paul, the angry rabbi, now the fervent man of God, telling the world about the Messiah who has come, He says, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man. Though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. We're all moved by the heroic stories of people who don't know somebody and yet they go out to help them in a war environment, in in a bad accident environment, in a fire, in a flood, Uh, somebody being mugged, somebody being overwhelmed by something they didn't plan on and there's somebody who steps up and says, I'm here for you, even though it might cost them their very life. That does happen, and we're awed by it. We're amazed by it. We're moved and humbled by it. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, that's a polite way of saying while we were enemies, resistant, resentful, resigned to hiding from him and keeping him at arm's length, Christ died for us. This is the arc of this story that we celebrate tonight. So here's what it means when we say Merry Christmas. With love, truth, and grace, Jesus atoned for our worst in order to give us God's best. He did it willingly, gladly. It says, for the joy set before Him, He endured the shame and the pain of the cross to come find us and bring us home. So we're forgiven our sins by faith in Jesus' gift, and we can live now and forever with God. Nothing and no one can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. And so God is working in the midst of the life we now live, preparing us for the life that we will live, As he's preparing us for the life that we will live, entirely transformed in in his likeness, every second, every minute, every hour, every day, every week, month, year, decade, matters in this life, how we live. It's this beautiful combination of chronological time, chronos in the Greek, and kairos time, just the right timing, word for time. Over time, In just the right way, just the right time, God is working in us so that we can live life in all its fullness, even if in in the things that incapacitate us, preparing us for a fuller life still that we can't even imagine. From the fullness of His grace, He has blessed us with every blessing in Christ, John tells us in his gospel. And we're part of a community of faith, encircling the world and transcending every culture. I love the fact that there are so many cultures represented here tonight. I wish I could take the time to tell some of your stories. As I was walking in tonight, I said, hey, if I faint, fall over, I asked Omui if he'd just pick it up and keep it going. He started laughing. He was laughing because he knows it wouldn't happen, but he's laughing because he knows he could. Omo, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? He's outside. He grew up in a Muslim family in Nigeria. He came to know Christ. He's a, working on a PhD in nanotechnology. There's Omo right there. Right there. <laughs> he's a scholar, he's an entrepreneur. If he wants to be an entrepreneur and a And a scientist, first and foremost, or does he want to be a pastor? That's what happens when your story is interrupted by Christ. That's what happens when you're found by Him and He says, I have a story to write in you that cannot be written unless you put your faith in me. Mind boggling. You're part of a community of faith encircling the world and transcending every culture. Isn't that fantastic? works through every culture, but he's above every culture. No culture is exempt from his saving grace. Do you know there's one word in every culture that is the same? There's one word in every culture. Universal, it's the same. Amen. Amen. So be it. Your will be done. I love that. I love being in situations where I can't understand anything anybody's saying. At the end of prayer, we all say amen. I'm like, yeah, I can speak that. I know that language, the language of grace. So you're not an accident. You're not an afterthought. Maybe in this season of your life, you're feeling like my life is an accident. It's an afterthought. I was at my dentist this week just so I could hear him say, gosh, your teeth are in great condition. (laughs) And as Joe and I were talking, I'm a few years older than Joe, and he said, you know, we're invisible at this stage in our life, right? I said, I know, it's awesome. You can get into so much mischief at this stage in life and nobody notices. (laughs) You might feel like your life is irrelevant, and that you're invisible. You're not. No way. You're not an accident. You're not an afterthought. You have a purpose and a part in God's kingdom, no matter how young you are or how old you are. I hope you believe that. That's not just happy talk. That's radical to the heart of life talk. That's the serious truth about who you are. You're created in the image of God. You're separated from him by things that will kill you. But he has overcome that gap to make it really clear that you are no accident or afterthought to him. That he has a purpose for you now and forever. And so we're more than our problems and we're more than our possessions. That's super important to remember in this culture, isn't it? I spent 42 years in Newport Beach, California and La Jolla, California. And all those stories I've heard are all tinged with a sense that I am what I own. I am what I do. I am my mistakes. But our problems and our possessions cannot possibly begin to adequately describe us or define us. You are a beloved child of God. So Jesus' story will set the world right. Somebody has described it as now, but not yet. It's all true. It's all happening. Something decisive has taken place right now. You can get to know him right now. You can be born again right now. You can be forgiven, restored, realigned, Right now, at the same time, you're a work in progress. If you're sitting here and you're 90 years old, first of all, I'm so impressed you're sitting here. (laughs) But your story is just beginning. Your story is just beginning. If you're sitting here and you're waiting for that letter from your desired college and it doesn't come through, all you can say is, poor people, they didn't recognize what they could have had. And you're just at the beginning, and there's so much more ahead. We're more than our problems, more than our possessions. Jesus is setting the world right, and all who receive him will discover their best story. Oh, it'll be easy then. No, 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 no. Don't misunderstand me. It'll be a very difficult story because you're a very difficult person. (laughs) One minute you believe in him, one minute you don't. At least that's me. Sometimes I can go an entire hour not at some point in that hour be an atheist or at least an agnostic. But I come back in the right, my right mind and I realize, okay, I'm a work in progress. You didn't say it would be easy, but you said it would be enough. And you, you would take me where I could never go but for you. So that doesn't make me lackadaisical, nor should it you. It lets us lean in and say, now what, Lord? When you're having the worst day of your life, and you feel like a statue, and everybody around you is a pigeon. You're going to say, Lord, is this what you've called me to do and be? And perhaps you'll hear him say, today, but it gets better. And so the story we celebrate tonight is like no other because it reveals the world we are made for. And it reveals to us we're being made for that new world. Everything we decide today matters. And if we don't get it right today, there's another day that will matter as well. So it's good news of great joy. That's what the angel said. Confess your absolute need for his absolute grace. That's about the best response I can offer you. If it's good news of great joy, that's an absolute statement from God through His messengers. So why wouldn't we confess our absolute need for His absolute grace? You don't need an angelic host. That's that's God's army to tell you. His word is telling you. People around you are telling you. Perhaps somebody who brought you to church tonight has been telling you. Perhaps you know it, but you're resisting it. You've walked off and wandered, and you think, I don't really deserve to be back. God's saying, well, welcome home. I still have a purpose for you. Years ago, a friend of mine who was, was living a, an amazingly off-the-chart high-profile life that people would say, I would love to live that life, and it all came apart for him. And he didn't know why. So he went to see a counselor because everybody around him was saying, you need to go talk to a counselor. He was highly educated, very accomplished. He said, I don't need a counselor. I don't need no stinking counselor. And Eventually, the burden was so heavy, he went to see the counselor. And as she said, tell me your story, as he told her his story, she listened to him. And she opened up a book, and she slid it across the desk and said, read that, would you? Tell me what that first sentence says. And it says, it's not about you. He said, well, if it's not about me, what am I doing here wasting my time? And he got up and walked out. And he had a very bad week. So he called the counselor back and said, can I come back? She said, of course. So he came back, sat down, He slid a book across the desk. He said, would you please read the first sentence out loud? He goes, I've memorized it. It's not about me. Yeah. But it includes you. It's not about you, but it includes you. And for you to be the you you want to be, let's start there. There's a God who made you and loves you and has a purpose for you and all the wonderful things you've been doing, laudable, some not so much. But you've been trying to achieve your purpose on your own strength. You've achieved a lot. People are pretty impressed with you. In fact, you're pretty impressed with you. And that's why you're feeling the weight of the world crushing you down. You've done the things that people would say, if I could just do those things, know those people, run in those circles, have those things at my beck and call, I'd have it made. And you've demonstrated to them, no. And you don't know where to go. So let's start where you are and your pain and help you see where to go. It's good news of great joy. So confess your absolute need for His absolute grace. The plot line of Jesus' story will link your heart to the heart of God. Now you might be saying, Sitting there, saying, "Well, I'm a believer. I'm already believing this. Why are you telling me this?" I'm saying, "We have short memories. We leak. We eat one day, we drink one day, and we need to eat and drink the next day." I'm just saying, don't forget who you are, because it's so easy to say, "I've got it made." God, stand back. I can take it from here. It's that moment when God hears us say something like, "What could possibly go wrong?" The plot line of Jesus' story will link our hearts with the hearts of God, and heaven rejoices every day. Today is the only day we can count on. I love the way it says in Hebrew, Micah, Hayom Asa Adonai. Today is the day that the Lord has made. This is your moment to remember who you are in Christ or to receive Christ so you can understand how to remember who you are in Christ. Tonight, the heavenly host, the righteous army of God, proclaims these hallowed words to us. Glory to God in highest heaven, and on earth, peace to you, on whom his favor rests. Would you say that with me? Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace. It's a great message. Thank you for bringing the Christmas message with you tonight. And let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for coming into the world to save us. What a gift. What a gift. Exactly what we needed. Exactly what we didn't know we wanted. It looks perfect on us. It fills us in just the right way. It bathes us in your righteousness. It clothes us in your goodness. It fills us with the hope of heaven. It gives us courage to live on earth. We rejoice in the hope and joy that is ours through your birth, through your life, through your death, through your resurrection, through your ascension into heaven, and through your promised return. We thank you for the gifts of redemption and renewal, for meaning and purpose. We thank you for safety and security, for peace and prosperity, for your comfort and for your care. We thank you for family and friends with whom we can share love, with whom we can share laughter, with whom we can share tears. Teach us to receive the gift of faith, the gift of hope, the gift of love, and to thrive in it, to grow in it, to become strong in it, to be willing to suffer and sacrifice in it, to experience the prosperity of God, whether we have hardly anything or everything. Teach us to bear one another's burdens and to build up and bless one another in your love. By Your Word and Your Spirit, show us how to be wise and discerning and living life fully one day at a time. Lord Jesus, fill us with wonder and awe as we open our hearts and our minds to You. And humble us with challenges too big to achieve without You and others helping us. Father, confront our pridefulness and comfort us by Your abiding presence through Your Holy Spirit. And Lord, open our eyes to the vastness of your kingdom and give us the courage to proclaim it in word and deed, in acts of compassion, in expressions of empathy. We thank you, especially tonight, for the gift of your unconditional love and your amazing grace. And like you did with the shepherds, we pray that you would set our hearts on fire with your love, with your grace, with your truth. And in your holy name we pray, amen. Okay then, my next sermon, I want to keep going here. We're going to uh, hear some music and then we're going to uh, light a candle. I think we're going to do Oh Holy Night next. Some
3: children, some children see
4: him. Oh, some children see him, oh gosh. Okay, this is a song <clears throat> um, uh, written a long time ago. This is my f- favorite version of this song. Uh, written by a dear friend uh, who was a phenomenal musician. Uh, He blessed many, many other musicians worldwide. Some of your favorite musicians or people you recognize he has played with, and he was just the guy that brought them all together. And he passed away last week after a valiant, valiant fight. And even along the way of moving toward the end of his life, because he knew that Christ was his hope, he got another buddy of his to help them raise money for the hospital that was caring for him, M.D. Anderson. He's a California guy, and they raised $11 million because he said, we just love what these folks have done, their ministry to me. And so as I thought about Christmas, I thought, oh my gosh, it would be great to do this version by Jeff Foskett, who's such a dear friend and uh, someone that many of us know and love. So we'll sing the song. We're also going to be lighting a candle in a little bit, and I'll I'll, I'll explain how we're going to light those candles. So let's just continue worshiping the Lord.
3: Thank you She's a love that's shining this is the night of our dear Savior's Lord. long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul Three Bye.
4: song uh, was written by a Jewish composer. The words are written by the local poet who called himself an atheist. Doesn't that make sense to you? It does. The Jesus we celebrate tonight came to fulfill God's promises to Israel so that all people could be included in the great story of God. Uh, we're going to sing this final song with live fire. But I need some fire to start the the song. So uh, Drake... Yeah, Drake's going to bring up a lighter. Okay, simple technique. Um, i got to get out of the way of that mic. You're going to hold your candle like this. And if this was a candle, you're going to let them light your candle. You're now not going to light somebody else's candle by going like that. You're going to hold your candle like this, and then they will... Oh my gosh, look at that. (laughs) Technique is everything in cooking and candle lighting. So um, I'll start it over here and we'll fill this room with light as we sing this final song. Uh, Thank you for being here tonight. Uh, Thank you for all of you who have helped make this church happen over the last 18 years. Uh, Thank you uh, for uh, this wonderful baton pass to Grace City Church who will continue to minister in this community with people who have earned the right to be heard in this community, who have integrity and credibility in this community, uh, led by a wonderful pastor whose name I can't remember, but Randall Tonini and his wonderful team at Grace City Church presently meeting at uh, University High. Uh, They'll be uh, freshening up this place and moving in, and we want to continue the ministry that we've enjoyed for these last 18 years uh, under the auspices of Grace City. So uh, this is a wonderful melding and meshing of communities uh, tonight. Uh, and so if, um, uh, if, if you have enjoyed what we've done here, continue enjoying it um, under the leadership of Grace City. So I'm going to give you a blessing. We'll light the candle. And after that, um, feel free to walk out and get some refreshments. And uh, God bless you as you celebrate Christmas. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord who loves you more than you can ask or even imagine give you everything you need to walk in newness and fullness of life with him one day at a time, now and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh Jesus. If you haven't accepted him, don't leave before you do. If you're thankful for him, just thank him as you leave tonight. Everything we have that matters in life is a gift from him. And you are a gift to the people in your life. Let's live like it because he lives that way in us. God bless you and see you soon. (laughs)